the most insidious thing about bondage was how easy it was to grow accustomed to it. Welcome to 2C1C, a Game of Thrones podcast founded in 2010 by myself, Will Lentz, Greg Atkinson, and Brett Zeiler. Now hosted by myself, Daryl Lloyd, and Kyle Vansel, with guest appearances by Pass Hosts and more. Many thanks to GRRM and FFG for making this possible, CardGameDB for our hosting, and Josh Woodward for the Creative Commons music you hear in this episode. Welcome to Season 4.5. Will, you're a kinky bitch. <laughs> Thought I would scar some listeners and possibly some co-hosts with that one. Any ideas who the hell says that in the books? Or thinks it? Uh, Tyrion? Yes, sir. Tyrion from book five. Yeah, sounds Tyrion-y. Mm-hmm. I mean, it even sounds like early Tyrion. The bondage just would have been rather different. Yeah. Hi. I'm Aaron Glazer. I'm Will Lentz. I'm back. And it feels so good. Uh, I'm sure everybody was missing your greeting. I pre-cringed waiting for him to yell when there was a pause. I know. There was that <laughs> There was that pregnant silence just waiting and waiting. Can we not use the word pregnant? I am getting married in two weeks. I just feel like that's begging for things I don't <laughs> want to do. You're welcome. I do not need that. But it is good to be back. I have missed not doing anything fun on Tuesdays. Right. So that means I mean, this I've, is I've, fun? Missed, I've been busy doing things that aren't fun on Tuesday. Sure. Yes. So this is somewhat more fun than wedding planning. Um, Danelia is in the room, so <laughs> I will just say that whatever I can do to support her, I am more than happy to do so. Did you just offer to be her bra? <laughs> uh, I am most certainly her bra. Doesn't seem like a bad plan at all. It is not a bad plan. The braing. I mean, you're touching boobs, right? Yeah. Logistically. That's what's going down. I mean, it worked out for, uh, who was that in the 90s? Dennis Rodman and Jennifer Aniston? What? Sure. Yeah, wasn't that on the cover of, like... I that doesn't know, sound right. GQ or something. It was, it was Dennis Rodman right. somebody. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston does not sound right. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, I was oh. hoping somebody else could fill that in for me. I mainly just remember Rodman. That, you know. There's so I mean, many I, things there to say. I, I just, I just remember Dennis Rodman, Rodman holding boobs in my right. Google I mean, searches. those were back in the days when he was actually shocking and people sort of cared. I have now Googled Dennis Rodman, Rodman holding boobs. Uh huh. All I'm getting is holding tryouts. Huh. Somehow that's been erased from the internet. It just doesn't exist anymore. How weird. I don't think it ever existed. Alright. It was, uh... No? Damn. I'm finding other covers making fun of that cover. But yeah, I'm on I'm Google Imaging and I've still got nothing. Yeah. I've got a picture of him holding a basketball in front of his junk, but that doesn't actually work the same way. I remember that. Yeah, no, I'm like I'm finding other uh 
other covers like a uh, GQ cover with uh, some girl on it. Oh, with Rebecca Romaine uh, on it. And she's got like hands painted and he's standing behind her holding his hands up like, oh, it's not me. Like making fun of that one. And one of him holding his own chest making fun of that cover, but not the actual original. What the heck? All right, well, there's the first quest for our listeners. Who the heck was Rodman on a magazine cover with in this situation, and what magazine was it? Will will give you all his playmats if you tell us first. Will's never won enough to have playmats. Oh, ouch. Damn. Sick burn. What's on the docket? Well, this week, I think we've got a little bit of FFG news to cover. We've had another announcement, and it's yet another chapter pack in the Warden Cycle. This time, we've had the fifth chapter pack announced. Oh, the joy of waiting on that when we don't even have the first one. So the fifth pack is titled House of Talons, which I find pretty uh, interesting because I believe that was... The name of one of the very last CCG sets, wasn't it? It that, was. That may have been a. Look at all those bananas cards. That's where Uber Tywin was. Is that where he was? Wow. Yeah. I want Talon that Tywin. was like really lowly. Like they didn't make a lot of it, but I had just like a ton of cards that were bananas. Yeah. Well, it, it had that old eerie in it uh, that Greg's agenda and Knights of the Hollow Hill is based on, which was just yes. bonkers. People liked that ish. Yeah, sure enough. This set doesn't look so bonkers, at least so far. Yeah, it's got some interesting stuff in it. What kind of spoilers do we have here? We've got another Sand Snake that we can read all of. Daria Sand, so uh, she's one we've already had. Uh, She's a one-drop, one-strength intrigue. Sand Snake and Bastard in response. After a Sand Snake character you control is killed, Daria Sand claims one power. Limit three times per phase. So we're assuming we're never seeing Burn again, so she's so she actually matters? Yeah, you know, uh, that sounds so dangerous um, to expect that that's going to kick around. Plus, isn't the other Doria the really good one, or comparatively good? Um, let's see, the other Doria, yeah, is the one where after you lose a challenge as the defender, your Sand Snakes gain Do Not Kneel to attack. And I think, like, eight times out of ten... I'm going to get more mileage out of that than a handful of power. Okay, well, ten times out of ten, I'm probably not running either. As a one-drop unique, you're not going to run one or the other? Uh, No. Martell has good cards. But if you are running Sand Snakes, I still think you run the other one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Agreed. What else do we have? We have the Bloody Gate, which we've already seen. Which is fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a WoW card. Yeah. It's the best card in the set that we've seen. And then we've got three we can't um three we can't see the text of. Kettledrum, Eastern Market, and finally Sir Parman Crane. I do like that we're getting Parman. I mean he's a rainbow guard. Didn't we get some mention that we were gonna get some more Rainbow Guard love this set? Right, right at the rainbow start of love. This, right at the start of this article, we're getting more Rainbow Guard and we're getting more Dothraki and more Klansmen. 
Okay, Love interesting. It. And Kettle Drum uh, is obviously an attachment, and I can see it as set up. So, so let me give it a C minus. Yep, I'm going to give it a D, so that's great. And, you know, I can see just enough of it that I think it's going to give the character it's on Intimidate. I can see an I. And you know, a. more Intimidate would be awesome. Just, like, let's actually use these house-specific keywords. Uh, whatever, all attachments should have set up. That's my new crusade. <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> it would make everything so much better in the game. So we'll see if, if that kettle drum offers enough. Even some attachments with setup are not great cards, but maybe, maybe that one will do it. Nope, probably not. Uh, so what else do we have coming up here? We've got the Kings of Mountain and Vale uh, castle plot, which actually looks kind of cool. Uh, and four three one or solid stats. It's a castle and it's got that usual. After this plot's placed in your use pile, draw one card, and discard one card at random from each opponent's hand. That's kind of nice, two-card swing. Yeah, and random discard is always a whole lot better than choice. So It's really good, but I've determined that I don't like plot cycles. I don't like city plots, I don't like uh, river plots, and I already don't like castle plots. Well, one, just, one thing to no. note from what we've seen out of the castles so far, none of them reference other castles, right? That's true. So they're they're yeah, they're more like just delayed effects. Yeah, but they're all they're all standalone, so they're not quite a cycle like rivers and cities are. Well, except I that there's I think you'll see a lot of these splash. I doubt you see much. There seem to be any. other. Well, there seem to be other cards that are saying like, put a castle plot into your use pile or reveal a castle plot or whatever. So like, if you're running multiple castle plots, all those extra cards get a bonus because they're going to push another castle into your discard. Well, yeah. Yes. But you're used, sorry. I mean, what about, do you, do you care one way or the other about, like, intrigue battle, or sorry, uh, intrigue gambits, military battles, and power struggles? Um, they only really matter for to be, and since they made three to be's practically broken and three to be's almost useless, like, I don't know. It's just confusing. I think Stormlands <laughs> and Renly are okay as well. Yeah. Yeah. But... but- I mean, I the, the castle, castle just seems see. like a better supported version of that stuff. But I think you'll see castle splashed, some of the more solid ones. You rarely see one city or one river. Even if you run small packs, it's like three. I think you'll see people splash a river because it's good. We a used castle? To see, we used or to castle. see, like, we used to get one city. They ruined that. They restricted the one cities we would run. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not, you know, there was one. There were two one-city plots that were run all the time, and they were like, no, no thanks. And At the Gates is run as a one-of fairly often. So, but I think, yeah, I think you'll see some, though. But, yeah. yeah. Time will tell. Yeah, and one other thing to note on Kings of Mountain and Vale, uh, I was looking at it again, it's actually each opponent's hand. So if you're in melee, it's more than a two-card swing. It could be, you know, four-card, potentially. That's yeah. four-card swing. Melee doesn't go long enough for you to really deal with waiting a turn to get any effect out of your plot. Yeah, yeah, that'd be tough. That'd be really tough. Probably not. That's what plot cycling's for. These are oh, going to be great with Bran. Nice. So, uh, yeah, next card, I think... Uh, why don't you throw one on us, Aaron? Robert Aaron. Zero cost, zero strength, power icon, and a noble crest. 
Uh, House Iron Lord, if I didn't say that, I don't even remember. Response, after a castle plot card is moved to your use pile, Robert Iron claims two power, limit once per round. No, not even a little bit. Den of the Wolf, this, Rhaegar, I haven't, I haven't figured anything else out past that. Bran. Bran? Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this seems like it might be one of those, like, oh, we accidentally broke the game cards. But it's limit once per round, so it's actually not. Right. Yeah, that makes it difficult. Yeah, Rhaegar, so Bran's not going to do it. Curse Rhaegar and kill him with Harrenhal and... And so, how about I we know. just run good cards and move on? Because the next Damn card it. is actually not half bad. Yeah, Robert, I I will at least say he kind of intrigues me, being a zero drop uh, noble crest. So if you've got some way to use that, then it seems kind of cool. I like, gave him more strength. I'd at least look. Yeah, I don't know if. Uh, gosh. You want to try and give like a guilty a try or something? Yeah, you I do, do like that this card's kind of worth. I mean, it's not actually worthless from a challenges standpoint. He's worthless, much like Robert Aaron. <laughs> so it's at least thematic. Like I like when they make cards that are kind of limpy for limpy characters. You mean like not how Mira Reed is a goddess? Yes, exactly. Like the new Danny. Danny's. Supposed to be big, bad, and awesome, and she's big, bad, and awesome. Right. So, yeah, I agree very much. So I, I like that, at least thematically, he kind of does... A, his card is kind of lame and weird, like you expect Robin to be. <laughs> that's that's legit. Sir Dantos. You can totally catch the Ned flavor of what's going on with Dantos. You're right. Okay. Last card that we can see? Yep. Uh, you got it? Sure. Looks like uh, this one is Bronzion Royce, which I always dig that name quite a bit. Um, he is also neutral. Three drops, three strength, military and power. He's House Aaron and a Lord. He has Renown. So, I mean, right there, I already kind of dig him as a three-for-three three neutral Renown guy to help close out some decks. But he also has an, abil- an ability. He has a response. After a castle plot card is placed in your used pile... Choose and discard one power from a character. So Man. just a nice little bit of utility. Yeah, I don't love the response, but three for three renowns are always nice to have. Yeah, totally. And it can go in any deck. So, like, especially with the the military and power icon, there's some houses that I would really like that to kind of round things out. Like, oh, I don't know, say Lannister, who could use the you know closing addition on off challenges for sure. Uh, I can't think of a stupid name. Sapphire guy. Vargo Hope? Yeah, three for three renowned. We never see him. Yeah, he's prized, though. Mainly I've been limiting how much I play prized guys. Plus, Lanny, you know, we'll have to see what happens with, uh, of course, uh, wheels. But it's worth noting that that does offer some combination with Bronzy on there. Yeah, I'd rather use wheels to win a game than claim one power, though. Yeah. Get rid of Discard of power, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying you're you're gonna get some extra incremental benefit. Like also having a golden tooth mines on the board. You're probably not winning the game off of that one draw, but it's making your plot swapping even better. Fair enough. I mean discarding eh, fair enough. Yeah. It's not great. I'm not arguing it's great. I should clarify that. 
I like that it's an easy, cheap ability that's never going to get canceled. I think I think Will's right. Um, like in control decks, you like it because it slows your opponent down and it gives you much needed renown at an efficient price point. I think I'll see him. But Vargo Holt is riding a zebra. <laughs> you know, he is riding a zebra. Well, I can't. Fuck, I've got nothing to say to that. <laughs> yeah. Like, argument lose. over. You oh, won I, the internet, sir. <laughs> Thank you. And th- I didn't even have to mention, because I had a backup argument of read Vargo Holt's flavor text. Moving on, Will. Yes, moving on. Oh, so briefly, I was just looking into uh, something again here recently, uh, digging back into the uh, announcements about the World Championship weekend, So I've been trying to uh, finalize my arrangements. And so I just wanted to throw out there, because I'm not sure we've really discussed uh, it here on the podcast. Listeners, you just have a couple weeks left. Sign up uh, for pre-registration runs through October 16th, which really is kind of impressive, because that's just a couple weeks out from the event itself. So jump on it, guys. And it is Will's penis. Yep. I still need to do that. (laughs) That's all my lips have. I have two piles. I have a pile of things that I can do after October 11th and things I can do before it. And that is definitely on the after list. Yeah, though not much after. Nope. Besides, my credit card cuts to 15, so I think I'm just going to try and one-two that and call it a day. There you go. All right. Just moving right along at a good clip here this episode, aren't we? I th- think we're back around to our kind of ongoing uh, topic for the moment, and that's going to be the LCG refresh. Again, for listeners, this is all just a kind of a hypothetical thought experiment while we uh, sit around and, and wait for both an FAQ and some, some level of announcement from FFG uh, in November as to the future of the game, but it's turning out to be, I think, a pretty interesting one. I mean, Alex Hines likes it, so we're clearly winning. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and Wama posted, like, two novels in response, so... Yeah, but he just does that. (laughs) Let's just do this. (laughs) Let's just do this. Okay, so the premise, then, for anybody that didn't catch last week's episode, we'll just recap. We're looking at a uh, refreshed card pool here, kind of a semi uh, reboot rotation kind of combination. We'd like to clear up some rules, uh, relaunch core set, and take a look at just targeted reprints. So we hit on Stark last week for the first half of our uh, dual faction uh, core box. Greyjoy is going to be the second half of the first box, so that's today. But I think we had some other just general concepts that we've had some time to kind of refine and and want to address a little bit more with the whole uh, refresh scenario. And I think uh, there's a couple we wanted to hit on. Which one should we hit on first? Uh, Let's talk to our uh, troll friend, since we just brought him up. Okay. Hi, James. So, there was a lot of concern that we were keeping the last two sets whole. Um, FFG is going to want to, like, not make the people who just got in, who just bought all these cards, feel like they're completely useless. So if they do something like this, assume some of the like, recent sets day. And at some point, so that we don't just end up in this situation again in a few years, every, let's say, four sets or so, another set will cycle out. 
Yeah, there's no way. I would say that the last two cycles, no matter what they announce, are safe. Yeah. Since Nate had a much... Since Nate started having a much stronger hand in the card design, would be my line. And the templating is way better in these two sets, too. Right. Which which would be good with a view towards kind of tweaking and fixing some of the, the rules interactions that we would like to see going forward. I, I can't say offhand that I've scoured through those uh, two sets here to make sure there wouldn't be something else that cropped up that didn't quite work. Uh, but I, I think... You know what my favorite thing about it is? likely to be better. What's that? It's Mummers as the only river, which is just fucking hilarious. Well... Like, it's wow. just this remnant of, like, this great card. It's like, aw, poor bastard. Well, and you I, know, that's I, assuming none it. of the rivers come back at all. And I, I'm just throwing it out here. I think, much like I've mentioned, that I do want to target just a handful of cities. I would like to target a handful of rivers. Not enough to, to field a whole plot deck of them again. But, you know, I could see having a deck of three, maybe four tops. I think we already have two with uh, Mummers, technically, at Rally Cry and uh, the Starter 401. So it's going to have to be very few with that the case. Rally Cry? Rally Cry will be, would still be legal. But it's not a city. River. river. It's, it's not a river? I'm pretty sure it is. What? <laughs> this is a weird moment. Even if I'm wrong and it, it is, is not, wonder, like, this is not. still a why weird a moment. Why was it a river in my head? Yeah, I have no idea. There was something that was like, oh, you can only run one? Huh. Oh, well. I re- it really was a river in my head. I guess I'm losing it. It happens. Yeah, it does. It does, unfortunately. Uh, what am I thinking of? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, well, the other thing I was referring to was red wine. Right. Well, and we've also got the uh, the discard one cards that connect. Yeah, that's what I was probably thinking of the discard one. I just got my cry. discard stuff confused. Befouled River. Yeah. So, yeah. So really, you wouldn't you wouldn't need much in the way of other rivers to at least have some available. It's actually a reasonably opening combo. You go like Befouled River, then uh, Rally Cry Mummers. Like discard your sure. stuff, discard your discard your stuff, discard your stuff. I draw. Yeah. Well, again, Rally Cry is still not a river. Yeah, um, I should probably listen to myself. <laughs> red, red wine befouled mummers, I meant. Right. Or befouled yeah. red wine mummers. That'd be good. That'd be legit. Yeah, that's that's probably, you know, feasible for, uh, you know, like House of Dreams going forward in in our pseudo-hypothetical uh, refresh environment, you know? Yeah. And that's the kind of power level you have to remember. Kind of like draft, like what is Amaze Balls, and the power level is just a totally different world in this rotated relaunch corset scenario. Right. So I mean, the foul could be. I mean, that's a any kind of draw could be huge. So yeah, that could those three cards could be an amazing opening. <clears throat> I mean, will I ask you to remember the? shit we try to run when we had like just the core set in the cycle yeah yeah exactly you know uh, a lot of a lot of that is difficult to reevaluate in in a hypothetical sense like this but i feel like yeah that that might be uh viable so we may listeners you may be looking at uh that in, in the future of this uh make-believe world 
we've also still we're also still going to have the restricted list. So like you're not just going to see Preston and Jamie in every deck. There'll be other viable cards. Right. It seems reasonable in this situation that new Danny would be restricted, for example. So like yeah. you're obviously going to choose her over Preston in a target deck 90% of the time, right? Yeah. Because so I, th- I think that uh, that restricted list would see a huge overhaul. Of course, we're trying to shy away from restricted cards for our reprints, uh, for sure. But yeah, you're right. There are going to be leftover cards available in the environment whose power level will now be far above you know, some of the other stuff that's around, like that Danny. But I think it would also allow us to trim that list down so much so it's manageable again, you know, when the restricted list first hit and was sitting there for a couple of years at, you know, a dozen cards or something, then that that just feels so much more manageable uh, and just like a fix for certain situations rather than trying to use it to force a change to the environment like we are have now. This might also get us the much-discussed restriction of Valar. Uh, you know, I personally would not be sold on that, but uh, I think that's because I, I still really believe that uh, Valor is integral to the game. I mean, but I, that... What's that? It'd be the most common restricted by far. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, that's another thing that, that James brought up that, that's really worth addressing in the episode because we had commented last week uh, that, you know, I feel like we would need to bite the bullet and have a copy of Valor in each of uh, these dual decks. And, you know, I've, I've played the game. Uh, I picked the game up about a month before Valor was originally released. Uh, yeah, we're talking 2002. Um, yeah, and it was released in the second set of the game ever. Um so it, it was interesting. It kind of blew some minds when it came out. But it definitely changed the way things played from there. Uh, and I think in a, in a very good way. Uh, the game was really dominated by just like Lanny and Stark swarms of chud uh, that you just couldn't get through. And, you know, the game has seen periods over the years Without it, of course, there at the beginning, we also saw some years in the, the Winter Edition era where they let Valor rotate out and replaced it with the, these other plots, plot cycle. And uh, there was one of the other plots, it was, a, I think, like a 3-4-1 or a 3-3-1 three, three, um, that killed everything and could not be saved, but you also could not play it until you already had two other plots in your used pile. So it could not be played until turn three at the earliest. Which, yeah, did some weird things to, to games and Rush and uh, when when you throw in at the time uh, and a cancel plot, like out, well, it was uh, Outmaneuver at the time. Uh, Outfox. Outfox uh, came out in Iron Throne Edition, right? But I think Outmaneuver was left over from Valerian, right? I don't remember what order those came in. Yeah. <clears throat> Outfox was in Iron Throne. I'm I'm... 90% sure, but uh, basically it just... Man, if your opponent knew that you couldn't play it till turn three and they had this ability to cancel it, like, they're putting pressure on, you had to play it turn three or lose because of the pressure they'd put on that you couldn't do anything about. And because of that, they knew they could probably cancel it. 
that scenario did weird things. Now, a replacement wouldn't have to have that same delay built in, um, or if we just do away with it, but I just, I feel like the mechanics of Thrones are balanced around having that. And it wasn't immediately apparent in the base set, but as time has gone on, it's just really weighed on me that that's, that's just the way it is. Draw is severely undercosted. Now, I mean, that could be combated in a refreshed environment for sure, or rebooted, or whatever may happen. Um, but that that's just, you know, step one. Even just the framework mechanic of drawing two cards and the default claim on plots being one means you're only clearing one character off the board every turn by default if, you know, you're losing that... Sorry, well, if your opponent's losing the military, which is so different from a game like, I hate to bring it up, but Magic, uh, where creatures can die in direct combat with each other. It's all indirect in Thrones. Uh, there's just not an attrition rate there, more than one or two characters a turn. Well, and the, the, the rate we add stuff is so much faster than that. Well, what about Intrigue? Like, for Intrigue to matter at all, you need some kind of reset, right? Otherwise, you just flood the board and never have to... Right. All right. Ready to continue with this? Next rule change. We talked about Stalwart with Stark and a couple other little things. Mm-hmm. For Greyjoy, saves make sense to talk about. Definitely. Uh, let's get rid of Morbins. Everyone okay with that? I'm, I'm uh, mostly okay with it. It did fix a few little rules things, but I think mainly I would be okay with just switching to a stack-style uh, resolution system. I mean, we need some kind of resolution system, and I, I feel like it, it would solve a lot of the weirder timing things if we just always said, you know, first in, last out type thing. Um, I don't know. Part of me likes the, like, rickety what-the-fuck scenario that is Morbin. It's part of the charm. You know, it's like, she's an ugly sister, but she's my ugly sister. Yeah, I mean, and when it was added to the game, it did really fix a lot of things. It seemed like it was going to be just really solid and straightforward, but, you know, as the years go by and the developers push uh, a more interesting card idea here or there and experiment with things... Uh, then, you know, systems like Moribund have not held up over the years as well as we wish they would have. Well, in addition to that, to help simplify a little bit, dupes will become cannot be canceled. Yeah, that that one was one I was pushing for. Uh, you know, I think most everybody would agree that the game is way cooler when we're playing a bunch of these unique, named, char- big personalities and characters in books. Um, and right now, sure, you can kind of see a bunch of them, and there's certainly ones with huge power levels that see, you know, multiple copies in a deck, like, say, Daenerys or the Red Viper. Um, but it's just, it's not an even thing, and I think, you know, pushing the, the usefulness of dupes would help. If we do this, we need other ways to get rid of duplicated characters that aren't specific cancels. Or maybe just make it a triggered effect, but not a response to cut down on those cancels. But I want more dupes, but I also don't want just one uber character to be untouchable. Well, but we're also pushing attachments and stuff. And, you know, if we're doing that, attachments are the way to deal with uber characters because they're going to sit. That's very true. Mm-hmm. 
And plus, there's just, you know, so much cancel around. Even if we're pulling the power level of other stuff down, like, we've already seen that, that Heron Hall plus Valor does weird things, uh, particularly in Melee and whatnot. And I just, I think that making dupes cannot be canceled. It brings some of that and reigns it back in. And, um, and then, in that case, also means that Valor itself feeds in to pushing duplicates and these named, unique personalities that people want to see more of. And if there's better odds of stuff being saved, then there's better odds that Valor could bite you in the butt if your opponent can save their whole board. You know, I, I think it would, uh, it would really be a nice balancing move. Helping that too is that we've still we've still got aftermath of the environment, so that should keep board states down, which means, you know, anything like that that cannot be saved automatically is going to have extra bonus. Right. Well, and wildfire as well. Don't forget. Mm-hmm. And then cold hands and uh, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get to the deck. Sounds good. So this week is Gray Joy. We followed essentially the same format that we did for Stark. So uh, the one agenda that we included in here is going to be Black Sails. Uh was just, I think, a fun, inventive, uh, solid agenda. Offers some good potential and wanted, wanted to keep that around in the environment. Plus, it's pretty flavorful for Greyjoy. All right, plots. We have naval reinforcements and naval superiority. Reinforcements is especially important here because, well, functionally, there aren't that many naval characters in this deck, and we need to be able to go get one. For sure. Superiority gives extremely powerful, since there's a lot less control. Um, It gets extremely powerful being able to clear a board early. We've then got some high initiative stuff, like Take Them by Surprise, Rise of the Kraken, uh, and King's Law. Take Them is mostly for the initiative and gold. Rise also pushes Unopposed. And King's Law pushes Greyjoy's anti-Shadows tech, Mm -hmm. while also being their only core answer to Shadows Arya. Yeah. We've got Reigns of Autumn as a nice little way to affect Choke. That's the one that means uh, characters, locations, and attachments don't count, don't add income. And finally, Twist of Fate which, you know, is a great Valar counter with a lot of gold and a lot of punch. Right. And I really like with uh, going with the nine plots that we did out of that, like, if you want to pass on the black sails out of the box, you just pull the two naval plots and you're set. If you want to do black sails, then you've got some customizing to do there. Um, Next up, characters. Sure. Uh, and that one's a bit of a longer list, of course, sitting at 42. Three copies of each, of course, just like the other. Uh, we started off with the Ambitious Oarsman, uh, help out with the resources a little bit, and continue to play into both the Warship and Raider themes, so fairly nedly. Works with Reigns of Autumn pretty well, too. Indeed. Then uh, the Iron Fleet Captain, again, Raider, uh, pushes into the uh, unopposed territory as well. Greyjoy could really use the speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Iron Islands Brigand. Uh, we definitely wanted to make sure we worked in some Greyjoy cancel. 
It's got the naval uh, enhancement to help out with black sails. It's a raider. Uh, it it really fit a lot of the themes we were going for. Nothing so, to say about that, really. <laughs> nope. Okay, uh, moving on. We've got the Ironborn Marauder. Uh, really, pretty much the same boat minus the cancel. Uh, you got to round out the lower part of the cost curve. He's a raider. He's a naval. It just fit. Uh, I actually think those two go together really well. They mean they give you both claim soak and a little bit of way to get naval without having to terribly overcommit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a good point. The the smaller cost and strength naval guys get a get a bit better for black sails. Then we've got Maester Wendemere, just classic, uh, great save uh, theme there for Greyjoy. I don't think anybody's ever really argued that he's OP, even though at least one copy sees its way into every Greyjoy deck. Some people seem to not like auto-includes for this. I feel like we're going to have a couple auto-includes that just work their way out no matter what. We might as well choose controlled auto-includes that do something we want them to. Right. Then we've got uh, the Spar, again, plays into uh, Raider. He's got one of my favorite overlooked keywords, Melee, and uh, he hits that choke theme just a little bit more. And he's a pirate with a little X. Yeah, complete with eye patch. Uh, then we've got, of course, the Naval Victorian Greyjoy, uh, who's pretty key to pushing that theme, I think. Uh, the claim raising is pretty huge. So, since Aftermath is going to be in the environment and there's not as much control, well, a major combo is that Victorian plus naval reinforcements. That's a board clear. Oh, yeah, straight up. Okay, then we, uh, this is one, there may be some uh, dissension on, I could see. I was not 100% sold, but uh, I went along with it for Aaron's sake. That's going to be the cancel Alanis Greyjoy. Um, and Aaron did have a good point uh, about her in this environment, I think. We've already got a ton of cancel. It should be Greyjoy's theme, so Greyjoy needs cancel. We don't have mill, or and Greyjoy doesn't have huge intrigue, so they're not getting a ton of uh, stuff in the discard pile anyway. And even more than that, um, as Greyjoy, like Greyjoy's going to need to use her. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reasonable amount of intrigue in this deck, but I think she's one of two three strength intrigue characters in the Greyjoy deck. Having that icon, having that ability as a three-strength entry character is going to be really key here. Yeah, they could really stand to have that uh, rounded out for him. But, it's, I mean, it's also good to have that, that weakness available as part of the house, you know? Mm-hmm. We don't want them to cover every theme. Oh, we forgot to talk about champ cards. Yeah, uh, we can come back to champ cards at the end of this, I think, pretty pretty easily. Okay. It'll be easier for me to find and move. That works. All right, up next we've got the naval Asha. Now, of course, she is in the King's Road cycle, uh, which means she would theoretically be around, but we made some concessions here to go ahead and include her. Sets her up nicely, you know, uh, on down the line, assuming the King's Road cycles out uh, later, like Aaron was saying. Um, and she just really helps, I think, up the viability of black sails with all those naval icons. Just a necessary card for the game. Yeah. Plus, I mean, nice Nedley factor to have her and Alanis and Victorian and so on in here. The the start deck actually wound up being very Nedley with, you know, direwolves and children and such that we didn't want to leave Greyjoy behind. 
Speaking of children. Yeah. We've got Theon. Now, uh, this is this is another one that Aaron convinced me on, and I, I think was a solid argument. Uh, mainly, I think, playing into uh, getting a little more choke in there. Um, they're going to be in a pack with Stark Winter. So Stark's going to make it winter, thinking they're all cute and clever with all their winter tricks. And then Greyjoy, with just even that little bit of choke that Theon and a couple cars we'll see later provides, will be able to turn winter back on Stark. Also, we're not going to have another winter mechanic for the time being in the game, so one will have to be released in a chapter pack relatively quickly. Yeah. Alright, then we've got Makaro. Working a little more save, working a bit of a holy theme, uh, as you'll see with the next couple cards here. So again, I think just just a solid one in basically the same boat as um, Windermere. Don't forget that intrigue icon, and add some intimidate. Mm-hmm. We definitely want to make sure that that house keyword's represented somewhere. Uh, to round out the holy stuff, we've got the follower of two gods. Honestly, just kind of chud, but he combos with the next card, which is the Aaron Dampere, uh that surges up a non-unique holy. And of course, the follower keeps going back into the deck, so he can be searched up again. And seemed like uh, I think the easiest way to really represent that chain. And um, that non-unique. Dampere is still a really good card. A lot of people don't run him because he's a three cost, uh, three strength, one icon. But he works out. He always works out a little better than you think he's going to. Yeah, yeah. He's got stealth, and you know, just never really quite losing that board presence uh, to you know claim or whatnot, or being able to start repopulating the board after a valor and uh, or heck, even a wildfire assault or what have you. Um, you know, it is an interesting form of card advantage for Greyjoy that I think people kind of overlook. It's also really fun, like, to power challenge with them. Then people use tricks, kill them, and you're like, oh, now I have a standing guy to defend X, Y, or Z. Right. And then uh, wrapping up the characters is Carl the Maid. Again, Raider. Got that naval uh, enhancement there on his intrigue icon, so... Helps round things out for the agenda, and Intimidate uh, is another good way to work in the house keyword, so it's actually, you know, just straight up printed on one of the characters. Thematically, Greyjoy is pretty tight. We seem to have hit, we hit a fair amount of Choke, we hit a fair amount of uh, Raiders, we hit a good amount of Naval, a couple Intimidate, a lot of saves, Holy. All around, the characters round out all of Greyjoy's expected themes except Mill, and Really, enough with the mill already. Yeah. Well, Kyle, do you have any thoughts on that stuff, or did you want to, you know, kind of hear the whole deck before you weighed in on it? <clears throat> um, Greyjoy feels a tough house because I feel like they do so many different things. Um, a lot of the other houses I feel you can really break down like the heart of them into like maybe two core ideas or three core ideas. Um, but Greyjoy, I've always felt just, for a long time, I feel like their weakness was just how insanely toolboxy they were. Um, yeah, I can I can kind of see that, too. Yeah. Um, Wetzel should help with that, though, right? Like, you can search out whatever you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this deck gives more direction to the house than it had early on in its beginnings. Um... My thought is the squid players should just be glad to get something at all, because, <laughs> need I remind them, they did not exist for a while. 
Right, which is one of the big uh, improvements, I think, to doing this as three dual boxes uh, rather than one four-house box. All right. Well, should we uh, touch on some of the other card types? Uh, sure. Yeah. Which one do you want to throw on us, Aaron? Let's do attachments. Okay. They're nice and quick. There's a whole six of them. Um, three will be used on setup. Three will very likely not be used on setup. <laughs> well, I guess you could, assuming that, like, it's a fairly safe assumption that your opponent's going to set up a location, right? So, burned and pillaged. And captain of the Iron Fleet. Um, remember, as of last week, all attachments have set up. Burned and pillaged is probably the best choke attachment in the game. Uh, limited attachment location, negative one in, negative one gold, negative one initiative. One cost on unique, it is limited, which is nice, so even if it does, can be played on setup, since all attachments will be set up in our world. Um, it's still not going to be, you know, you're still not going to get like two or three on setup and be like, haha, you can't do anything. And Captain of the Iron Fleet just furthers that choke. It get, yeah. gives renown for a touch of speed and tosses away a, loca- a kneeling location. Yeah, I like that it, it was a way to work in Greyjoy uh, location hate without having to devote a lot of slots to it since, you know, the Captain is a repeatable effect. It'll also um, be really good with storming the shore and uh, whichever good brother that is, Gorald. Gorald's good brother. Gorald's right. still legal for the time being. So both go really well with Captain of the Iron Fleet. Sure enough. That's attachments. Yeah. Well, events were also similarly quick. Um, there's six of them. Three C6 to uh, continue to play up the uh, Greyjoy cancel theme a little bit. And three support of the kingdom to uh, push the choke. And the two even work nicely together, so you can take your opponent's uh, influence locations to free up your ability to cancel with seasick. Hey, that's cool. That was totally accidental. Yeah, I just realized it now as I was looking at him. <laughs> huh. All right. Will and his accidental brilliance. Yeah, the, oh, we I, designed this more intricately than we realized. Yep. Subconscious for the win. <laughs> Will gets to be on top tonight. Whee! That's really like two nights, because when we're recording this and when the listeners listen to it. Wait, Tristan Uh, uh, honors these things on both nights? Yeah. I need to start working that angle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think Danny would like it if you worked the angle. Hey-oh! Angles. Now we're making jokes and stuff. It's really what the listeners come here for. No, it's they come here for Daryl. They do. They do. They're <laughs> oh, just waiting for a cameo. Way too homoerotic. <laughs> that was way too homoerotic. What does it mean Will kind of in unison? Like, they do. Deep down. Yeah. Deep down. I don't think anyone's under any illusions there. No. Well, we've got just one more card type to wrap up for Greyjoy here, and... In many ways, it's the most important for Greyjoy, I almost think. Uh, I, I plowed through all those characters. Uh, Aaron, you want to lay the locations on us? Sure. First you did have... plow those characters. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Let's do the obvious ones first. We've got Aaron's Chambers, because duh. We've got Gatehouse, because duh. And we've got Sunset Sea, because duh. Right. Moving on, Bays of Ice. 
This is the house that got Bay of Ice for entirely obvious reasons. Um, they've got Take Them by Surprise, Rise of the Kraken, all that good stuff. Um, King's Law for the draw in there. And to further boost that, they've got three captured cogs. I cannot uh, express my love of that card nearly enough to the listeners. It just plays in so subtly, I think, to to a lot of things Greyjoy loves. With that there, though, um, Maiden's Bane is almost certainly still going to be restricted. Even without Naval Escort. Yeah, yeah, very possibly. But it is nice, you know, the cog helps push the draw out of... um, out of the bay, and it also is a nice warship that does not need to kneel for its effect so that we've got it available for the ambitious oarsman uh, as a reducer, so... We've also got, and here's one that I'm seeing as being controversial, but um, we tried to give every house at least one draw card, and Greyjoy has, besides the Black Sails agenda, jack shit for card advantage besides saves, which is more card preservation. Uh, Longship Iron Victory, the original. It's been around a long time, but I think it's it's a solid card. It plays in actually winning challenges. You have to have a character on the board to pump with it to get the draw, and you have to have a Greyjoy character or all of your warships get knelt out. So, I mean, it's rare that that happens unless it's like a draft. Uh, But, you know, there's also going to be quite a few less saves available in this refresh. I think it's the best Greyjoy card in the game. Like, when um, Sandy was playing uh, Greyjoy Black Sails for, like, two years, literally every game he wouldn't grab Longship Iron Victory. I would just yell at him for, like, five minutes. <laughs> Guess he should it have been games. playing Newly Made Lord? I don't know. Frozen Solid? Greyjoy card. But, it, I mean, it is also nice. No, 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 I meant for you oh, ways to comment. Yeah, there's, there's ways to ca- counter it. There's ways to counter everything, but, like, if it gets the newly made lord, you play another, and if it gets frozen solid, you use your own newly made lord on it. Yeah, potentially. But, I mean, obviously there's no newly made lords in this core set, and Stark did get frozen solid, so it's good to have, you know, locations that are worthy attachment targets. And doesn't... Hold on one sec. Uh, doesn't somebody here get rid of attachments? That we pulled Iron the core Island. set? Brigands is just locations. There was another one that's attachments. I get my guards confused sometimes. Yeah, the Greyjoy weenies. Scurvy cutthroat Scurvy cutthroat, right. So yeah. Greyjoy doesn't really have attachment hate, which is going to be... Well, Greyjoy doesn't have attachment hate, but Stark doesn't have much that's countering all of Greyjoy's saves. So those are both going to be countering each other fairly heavily. Yeah. With both Valars, I'm not sure if the saves are better or if all those like direwolves constantly trying to eat everything is... I would be interested to see it play out. I, I think there's some neat interactions between the two, for sure. You know what we can do? When we're done, we can actually play a couple games against each other with these decks. That would be cool. I don't see why not. We could stream them, you know? Yeah. It's not like the decks aren't built. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> They're next scout- away. Scouting Vessel? Because it's great, it's non-unique, and it's unopposed tech. Mm-hmm. And, oh, sorry, not and and of the Greyjoy, there's one neutral. The Iron Mines. Further pushing Greyjoy saves. And finally, River Row. Yeah, just needed to round out some uh, income for them, for sure. Yeah. River Row's a great card. Yeah. Had to be there somewhere. Yeah. And Greyjoy, I think, is a house that frequently suffers from a lack of 
income with some of the plots it likes, like Valor and Rise of the Kraken. So, you know, having several options in here to push that a little bit more and, and the Oarsman and such, I think, kind of kind of offsets it. It's also in a box with Stark that got Street of Steel and Street of Sisters. And since they can only use one per deck, just pull it out and stick it in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Pull <laughs> it out and stick it in. I like that we have no majority. So what do you think of the deck? You know, like, I wanted to come on and be an asshole and be like, this sucks, this whole thing's terrible. But, you know, it seems solid. It's so hard to go into this with, like, let's pair uh, how many years worth of cards down. Oh, yeah. Stark was a bitch last week when we were working on it. Yeah, I mean, so much work. Yeah. Greyjoy, thankfully, was a lot easier. I don't know if that says something about Greyjoy as a house, or just we kind of figured out better what the goal is. Um, I don't like I was saying. Greyjoy is so over the place that you kind of can just pick some iconic cards and call it a day. Uh, Try to think of what complaints I have. You may want to uh, complain about the reprint packs, then. I don't know if, if the core set seems pretty solid. Well, like, I really was hoping for Wintertime Marauders. I don't think I heard them come up. We don't have any winter. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the tricky part. The options for winter that's were either Cotter Pike now. or... You print it now, we go, when is this going to be a thing? And then we wait five years, and you go, oh, man, all my captains are boss now. Like, that's how <laughs> it goes. I hate that. You have that. to remember, we're we're trying to be FFG, and the FFG way would be to give us that one card and go, this could be so bananas if there was winter tech. And then wait A-N-A-N-A-S. I was waiting for someone to do that all episode. You're welcome. So it's basically rivers until crossing, right? That's what we're talking about. It's like rivers, they're so close to being good, we just need one card, we need one card to push Oh wait, crossing the numbers for it. Crap! Hey, I'd been playing, like, Four Rivers in Targnets the Hollow Hill before that, and it was actually pretty solid. Not, like, mind-blowing, but respectable prior to I crossing. splashed them in uh, Laney, Laney Hollow Hill. I had three or four and had some pretty solid success with it. I used them a bit in um, a Greyjoy Hollow Hill deck I was fucking around with. I'm noticing a theme. We all said they were Hollow Hill. <laughs> yeah. Well, their stats weren't aren't very good, so you look for what can deal with that. Right. Well, and a lot of them were just like incremental advantages, which I think Knights of the Hollow Hill really thrives off of. Like, just draw the game out, and if each one of your cards is really worth, you know, one point two cards or whatever, you know, eventually that adds up, and you're over the opponent. Well, and their stats sucked, so Hollow Hill helped that out. Yeah, you and Kyle are in agreement there. Okay, actually, I'm in agreement, too. All right, reprint packs? Yeah. Clash of Arms cycle. We've got First Mate. We've got Fish Whiskers. We've got Foam Drinker. There was not much to pick from in that cycle. Fish Whiskers! Fish Whiskers! I like keeping First Mate because it keeps LIV2 as a viable deck. Yeah. Especially without Winter. Playing it without Winter is a much more fun deck. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's just really nice and thematic. We're getting limited responses back in uh, the Warden cycle. First Mate interacts with that by forcing some choices. So, yeah. Um, Fish Whiskers was the name of the cat I dissected my senior year in anatomy class. So I'm glad that stuck around. 
and I can't unknow that. <laughs> so, Foam Drinker is also here because Greyjoy has a severe lack of direct removal, and Foam Drinker at least gives an option for that. Yeah. I mean, they'll probably play LIV2 over it, but, you know, it's there. Yeah. Foamdrinker is a solid card. You saw it a lot early on in its life, I felt. Right. Maybe not you, a lot. you know, and the, the pool is going to be drastically reduced, so form, Foam Drinker may be returned, you know, almost to its former glory. Hmm. All right. We're on to that time for Ravens. Yeah. So we've got Fishing Net, which made Will have a little orgasm. I love that. And it's some nice direct removal, like you mentioned. Well, sort of. Well, and it's removal, like I mentioned earlier, with the uh, potential for the dupe issue and uber characters. Like, something like Fishing Net is the answer to those uber characters. Everything but Cersei. Everything but Cersei? Cersei doesn't need to participate. She can just sit there and get power. Oh, well, yeah. She can she can gain one power a turn unless it's power behind the throne and then a couple, but they've still got to have the other characters to throw at you and win. Like, I'm probably okay with that. We've also got Alanis, which is, she's honestly kind of there. We like the queen idea that, like, she can be shut off by other queens. For sure. But also because there's not much to choose from from Greyjoy from this set. Right. Well, and she's card advantage without being draw and diluting, you know, draw as a theme just everywhere. And the one card everyone hated, like, almost universally, we have Refugees. Yeah. I let Aaron stick with that. Uh, if we if we already announced it for Stark, we might as well keep rolling with it. But I'm still naysaying Refugees conceptually. Kyle, what's your vote? Kyle? Oh, he's not in the call. Oh, that's... Oh, now he's in. Nice. Hey, what's your vote on refugees? Stay or go? Yes, stay. Yeah, I think so, too. Just to even out setups. They are the epitome of boring cards. They're like... I like what they say about the world. That our our bourgeoisie agenda... and (laughs) I've been on this plant before, but... I like like the, the fugies. A big fan. I like that they they mostly just go away too. Yeah, and especially Greyjoys. Like even if we for there is a weird thought only giving them to some houses. Yeah, um, that's what I was about to say. Like part of what bugs me is they're so vanilla and they're everywhere. They're the same, give or take an icon for every house. I think that's what just eats at me is they just blow so many slots in every house, in a different color with no real difference. If maybe only two or three houses got them, I don't think they'd bug me. All right, well, let's take away... Well, let's take away the Greyjoy ones, then, because Greyjoy has a bunch of awesome, low-cost characters anyway. But I was going to say they have it. Like, Greyjoy's new thing is we have weenies. Yeah. Yay, weenies. We, yeah, we they, have high-strength, low-cost, no-effect weenies. Yeah, Greyjoy has enough of those without... So, let's remove them. What set is this again? That is out of the Time of Raven set. Yeah, Raven. So, you know what we replace them with? I, I wanted a neutral card in every set. Since we're on Time of Raven set anyway, why don't we give them carrion birds? Birds! Hmm. 
It would be By the way, there's no other good cards from Greyjoy in this set that aren't winter. Really? Yeah. No others? Let me go back here and look at that again. Alright, Time of Ravens. Um, hmm. Island Rookery? Yeah, no. Wow. And we're not we're not even slightly playing around with plot cycling. Like not even bad plot cycling, just we're not plot cycling. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm, really is about it. I mean, Greyjoy doesn't have many neutrals that fit it besides the carrion birds, right? So I vote carrion birds. Birds <laughs> I think he's with us. Yeah, Kyle is definitely on that. There, yeah, there's not too much else, even in the neutral, that doesn't reference uh, summer-winter for sure. The birds, at least, you know, are solid in challenges, though their ability will be a little extraneous. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I like herring birds as a general rule, too. So. Bird! Yeah, they're everywhere, and they're great, and they do things. They do bird you know, things. Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, he's got them. He loves them. All right, King's Landing cycle. Yep. Let's go in reverse order here. Scurvy. Uh, Scurvy is a solid card. It's there largely um, since dupes can't be canceled in the normal way in our world. That this will then be repeatable. Like, well, not repeatable. What am I looking for? It'll replace itself. And yeah, it, it replaces itself and stops the, the dupe without having to be a cancel. So, you know, there's another way to deal with some of that uber character stuff that you were talking about. Uh, Blackwater Raiders, which I just think is a really good card. Yeah, and I'm all for every house getting a, getting a Shadows card back for sure to, to have that theme carried on. Yeah, at least one. And uh, just since no one really plays it, Shadows 2... Two strength, which is why it doesn't see play, besides that it's a mercenary. After Blackwater Raiders comes out of shadows, choose a location in an opponent's discard pile, put that location into play under your control. And yeah. we've got some ways to get rid of locations, so. Yeah. Um, and the one that people are going to complain about, the Distinguished Boatswain. Boatswain! Yeah, I'm not as against it as I am against uh, the Fugees, probably because it's not in every house. Uh, it's a little vanilla and boring, but uh, it's, you say it's reasonable. Some dumb shit sometimes, Will. Hmm? That's okay. I still love you. Oh, thank you. But sometimes I feel like you say some dumb shit. <laughs> well, everyone's got a, a bit of shadows, basically, besides Greyjoy, and Greyjoy has King's Law. So King's Law boats when shadows creates an interesting dynamic that I think makes them more than just another vanilla card. Yeah. Yep. Defenders of the North just has two cards because. Much to uh, James' chagrin, we're keeping some Wildlings and Night's Watch. So we've got Tarl the Thrice Drowned and Ahead of the Tide. Ahead of that tide! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any thoughts? I mean, I was for both of those, so, you know, my thoughts are basically just that I like those. Plays in the saves a little bit. Initiative, for sure. I mean, Ahead of the Tide is is a deceptively good card. Uh some worth it sometimes, just for the draw uh, off the bay, and it's you know really solid in melee. Which you know these are not geared toward exactly, but I do want to be viable still. 
Carl is also a little bit more holy. Um, another house, three guesses which, will have power of faith. So that works out pretty well for Greyjoy and is like an encouragement to buy more stuff. Exactly. By the way, we're not using Longship Golden Storm, just in case anyone was wondering. What a bummer. With a name like that, it could have been so cool. It gives holy guys a military. I mean, like, if we're going to eliminate power of faith altogether, it's not a bad card. All right. Brotherhood without banners. Let's stop the peeing with a river blockade. There you go. Nice. We've got refurbished Hulk because we have a lot of high-cost Greyjoy locations. And we are not having naval escort, and that's sort of what breaks that card. And uh, Euron's Enforcers is the last of the set. Yeah, I think the Enforcers are a little underplayed. Uh, Both of those warships work out nicely with the Ambitious Oarsmen for some cost reduction, which, of course, feeds into the Enforcers. Yeah, I think it's a nice little combination right there. Uh, I think Euron's Enforcers are going to end up being a top-tier card in this reboot. I think Greyjoy Raiders is going to be really, really strong. Especially once we get to uh, throw a couple more cycles into another Raider boost card. Mm-hmm. Which everyone who's played long enough should know. Alright. <clears throat> Secrets Raider of Old Town? <laughs> I can't. Alright, Secrets of Old Town? Yep. Murray? That cycle sucked. Wait, what? So that cycle sucked. Really? I thought there was some good stuff for Greyjoy there. Nah, those are that's when we had we had Macers, we had Martell, we had all the things I didn't want us to have. Oh, Secrets of Old Town. Yeah. Well, well Murmir I think is fairly well balanced now. Yeah, no, he's great. Uh, Baylor Blacktide, who I'm not in love with the idea of still being here, but there was nothing really else that jumped out at me. And Iron Lore. All good. Well, with Baylor, we're trying to depower events some and empower attachments, and Baylor being a one-of in pretty much every Raydroy deck, once again, furthers attachments going in over events. Indeed. It's a nice nod. Um, Iron Lore also just furthers keeping LIV2 alive. And Murnmere, because God does Greyjoy, and I didn't realize this, I don't think, God does Greyjoy have, like, no intrigue in our world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we trimmed it back a lot. And, you know, and then that sets up a nice... Uh, dichotomy with him, so to speak, um, and really makes you decide if the cancel or the challenge is more worth it. Mm-hmm. Tale of Champions. We've got the knight. The knight? Unopposed tech, and he's the knight, so he's automatically awesome. Yeah, who doesn't recognize that name, you know? Hey, which knight are you going to play in Greyjoy? The. <laughs> Um, we've got Nightfall, which is here at least partially, because it's the coolest art in Greyjoy. It's a really badass-looking sword. Uh, attached character gains a Warcrest. At some point, we'll be giving Warcrest tech somewhere, and Greyjoy has uh, quite a few. And after a challenge in which attached character participator resolves, choose and kill one u- non-unique participating character. So it's either kill a non-unique, or it's unopposed tech. Makes it really hard to use your... Uh, Especially if Greyjoy is making you go first. Hey, did we forget? In our no, Greyjoy plus, did we forget Retaliation? Yeah. Um, that good for them. No, I've got you Retaliation in mind. I don't think I actually said it. Oh. So yeah, Retaliation should have been there. That card is great with Retaliation. 
they basically can't attack with their non-uniques that turn, or you defend with that guy, whoever has uh, Nightfall attached, discard their non win, discard their non-unique, and then go to town with two claim. Mm-hmm. Two claim. And finally, attachments are everywhere. Unopposed is important. Nighttime raid. Yeah. We do still need to have a few attachment hate cards in the game, you know, even though we're trying to push them, we don't want them to not have answers. Stealth is also the best keyword in the game, so gaining stealth is not to be underestimated. Right. I gained stealth once. How'd that go? Pretty good. <laughs> I thought you had something better prepared than that. No. <laughs> you know? no which is pretty good. Oh, <laughs> we're all going to wait. I'm, I'm glad that that was it, actually. You know, I think that's just right to the point. I am the empty shell of the man I once was. Because <laughs> you're getting married in two weeks. Yeah, you have no idea the drain. It's like, what are we going to do tonight? Nothing fun for six hours. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I hope we can do this again, like tomorrow. <laughs> it's your destiny. Hey, uh, oh. All right. Beyond the Narrow Sea to get off that depressing topic. Victarian's Reavers. Uh, we've had a lot of Greyjoy Uniques. Their cost is lowered. They're a big kick-ass army, and they hate locations. I dig it. Longship Reef is that other raider tech I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, Greyjoy is going to own initiative in this world, so there's very little reason that like Greyjoy Raider shouldn't finally be coming into its own with this. Especially if you HOD that sh- And sacrificed to two gods. Which mm. is both really good for raiders and solid for all the holy guys we have. Yeah. I like I like the the modal abilities there. And after playing it again a bit uh at Gen Con, I was, you know, pleasantly surprised at how uh how useful that really is in practice. You can steal games with that. Alright. Um, I want to check something. I want to check the exact wording on that. On Sacrifice? Oh, Sacrifice, right? Yeah, I did good. So, uh, so you have to sucker someone into not counting their strength because of Intimidate. It's okay. People mess that up pretty much once a game anyway, right? Yeah. You might as well get a benefit from it. Yeah, it happens. The save is, is definitely the more likely, but the fact that you're saving and getting a power out of the deal... Yeah. Pretty good. That's that's the game stealing that I was thinking of. Alright, Song of the Sea. Yeah. We've got Fleet from Pike, which in a world with a fair amount of no agenda is going to be dangerous, so we also have Blazewater Bay specifically to go with that. And we've got all this location hate, so we might as well have Andric the Unsmiling. Yeah, well, and all three of those also feed into the, the naval Black Sails theme nicely. Yeah, we were unable to feed into that until Song of the Sea when Naval was invented. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's it's good that all three do touch on it. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty happy with it overall. Uh, I think Greyjoy would be in, in a good uh, place, a lot of potent effects, and like Kyle said, more focused. You know, still in, still in two or three different kind of themes, but uh, just more clear what they're really all about. Any thoughts on the... Greyjoy as a whole, cow. Does anything seem just downright terrible? Did we leave out something terribly important? Um, what Greyjoy cards did I? Newly I made in the Reader. I was gonna say like the Reader. 
Yeah, um, he falls into that uh, boat of champion cards that we were kind of trying to dodge in the the reprint stuff because, you know, I, I didn't want to just hit some and not others and leave them out because, you know, there's a real disparity in power levels in them right now. What if we read, not we, but, like, if this is route, I mean, kind of what they did originally, like, bring them all back in a new, some of them in a new form and even them out, like, make Pinch of Powder playable. Exactly what we were going to suggest. Right. Oh, boy. But, yeah, um, release a pack of just champ cards, like, called the champion pack, and you get all the champ cards thus far, and they're all tweaked up or down as necessary. Um, Strom suggested how to do that for Mira, and I love the idea, so I just wanted to share it. Oh, Strom's also wants in when we do this for Targaryen. Okay. One. So, um, same thing, she comes out of shadows. When she comes out of shadows, she can blank a character. If it's winter, she can blank anything. Yeah? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I love it. It's still uh, just, just a great... Her? Yeah, great effect, but not just like, holy crap, kind of thing. We also have to remember to get nightmares in this game somewhere. Oh, yeah, I think we'll have room to just to hit that somewhere. All right, that's that. Let us know what you think, guys. Um, refugees for certain houses is going to be, I think, our big controversy for this week. So do let us know. For sure. I like, uh, you know, the listeners uh, kind of helping us work through the... Uh, pros and cons on this scenario. And, you know, maybe if we're lucky, FFG will do something similar to this. I actually kind of hope so. The more we work on it, the more excited I am about it. Yeah. If FFG did anything similar to this, I'd be thrilled. And then if they do something worse than this, we can constantly mock them that we beat them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Props and slops? Let's do that. Okay. Well, I've got one. I'm going to go ahead and throw this out here. Because it keeps coming up this episode. I mean, let's let's prop Mr. Kyle Vansel, who is going to be married oh so shortly. And uh, who knows if he'll be able to uh, make it on next week's episode at the rate things are going for him. Um, I'm going to say right now that it is... Uh, maybe... But uh, the Tuesday beforehand seems very doubtful. Congrats, man. It's going to be great. Yeah. We ordered shirts for all of our um, tournament participants tonight. So nice. I'm not going to the tournament. I want a shirt. Get me a shirt. We might put in a second order if people really want them. I'll post on the site. Maybe maybe if you have a spare or two, maybe we could do like a giveaway on the podcast. We might do that. I want a shirt. I'm not going to the web. <laughs> well, but the front, it's a black shirt on the front in white lettering. It says, I went to a wedding and all I got was this bloody t shirt and there's blood splatter over it. And the back says, has the Dothraki quote and then says, Kyle and Danny's Red Wedding Tournament. But it's on like the Thrones font and Edgy and it's pretty cool. It's pretty sweet. So look for picks. Will will get one. He'll be there. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to, you know, that we're going to have to keep stats on this tournament if. If we don't put the stats for the Red Wedding Tournament into uh, the annals, then Alex is going to have a conniption. I'd like that every week we mention him having a conniption. Because <laughs> he does. He really does. It's always funny, though. Um, we're going to have about 22 players. Okay. 
Um, <clears throat> pretty decent skill level. So I'm feeling pretty optimistic about it I mean, as far as representation. The big controversy will be if the FAQ – I have to believe by the time this episode airs that the FAQ will have dropped. If so, it's if it will be legal or not for this tournament because yeah. it's an actual somewhat nerdy logistic call we have to make. God, I don't want to do a pre-fact episode. Can we just blow that off? <laughs> yep. Like well, it's the it's the little fact, so it's going to be like – brand going on and you know yeah i was i was gonna say i think the only thing i i feel like i want tweaked on it anyway is to to rein in the plot switching cards and otherwise i feel good about the meta i feel really good i think it'll be um a talk not a tick i think it'll be a small one um I maybe something to deal with like i'd like to see melee actually get kind of hit kind of hard um just with some of the combo stuff yeah. But I could um, see dragons reined in maybe a little in melee. I'm not sure what I would do, but here in know. Hall, it felt like it was a big problem. Here in Hall, definitely. It is. It, it's I, such I, a. I think I yelled at it neat during Gen Con, but I was kind of drunk. Like it just, uh, it's such a collusiony card, and on top of like the million people, well, I cancel your cancel, I cancel your cancel, and, I mean, it just got silly, so... Yeah. and who actually has gold tokens at the end of this, and who doesn't? <laughs> exactly. So, I'd rather see, actually, I would see more changes happen to Melee than to Joust. I really like where the meta's at. I don't see it being a big shakeup. Ditto that. Which means Worlds is going to feel a lot like Gen Con 2.0. We just get one pack. I doubt, at this point, we'll see... Hopefully one pack, anyway. Wasn't the last? No, we at the very minute no, we, we have the we last pack. Thing. Yeah, we have the one with Blackwood Elite in it and all that stuff. Oh, oh, sorry, I thought you meant uh, like the first pack from the new uh, cycle. My, my apologies. I doubt we get it. I mean, no, just I, I think, think they so. made something about they just sent it to the printer. There was some mention of it in a FFG article, and there seems a consensus is that it's highly doubtful. My guess is it's there to buy, not there to play. Yeah. Um. So, Worlds is going to feel a lot like Gen Con 2.0, which I think everyone was fine with from a meta standpoint, so... Yeah, Gen Con was a wide-open field. I mean, hopefully they do more than just ban uh, wheels, more than just, sorry, restrict wheels. Like, an errata there would be great. I don't see it happening. I would love it. And Brian's gots to go. Yeah, Brian really has to go. I don't really, like, I haven't been playing a lot... So I'm not 100% sure. Like, I played, like, a bajillion games before Gen Con, so I was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. At this point, like, I've played four games since Gen Con-ish. Wow. I so definitely I've, played a handful more than that. I'm not sure what else I'd want to see hit. Bran, maybe, you know, something else small for Stark. I've got no real problems with Greyjoy. I've got no real problems with any other house that I can see. I can see Hall going, maybe. Hope not. Um, I could see... I think some the targ only treatment could happen to a few cards. I I, I wouldn't mind seeing Danny. Of, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think restricting her is the right call. Um, just because targ hasn't done terribly well, uh, and their best build before this, which I thought was Dothraki, in the world of the aftermath, loses a lot of teeth, and the heir to the Iron Throne build, I still think is a little risky, but I think they need her and don't need to give up a restricted slot on it, but I hate seeing her get the Asha treatment and getting played out of Lannister and abused there, so. Anything coming off? I've I've literally put no thought into this, except that I know I hate Bran. 
I think some of the influence stuff, I wouldn't mind seeing. Right. I don't want a big shake-up, but I mean, I guess... Bleeds. Yeah, one of those, the keep, something. Yeah, I think I think bleeds. I would like to see come off more than than feast, you know, because it would open things up for more houses. Well, one more house, more house. Eh, you know, I mean, there were there were some interesting Lannister and the Hollow Hill builds running around for a while there, and they played uh, played bleeds if I remember right. Nope, not that I know of. I'm pretty sure they weren't because I had one of those. In it was it was very location heavy. Location Karma control. down in Tulsa, I could have sworn was playing uh, bleeds in his. Maybe a different one. Yeah, I mean, I thought, and, uh, and I could see some some options there. You know, the greedy counselor and stuff. I thought it was all right for uh, Lanny. I, I thought Kaiser didn't have bleeds in his, but I could be wrong. I don't know. It might be worth double checking. Well, I'm hopefully they're listening. So let us know. Yeah, and uh, so that turned into an FAQ discussion rather surprisingly. Yeah, we just did that episode. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? Props to us for unexpected topics that went well. Yay. Yeah, but spurred on by by me going, let's not do this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we did it anyway. Immediately. Yeah. Well, you know what else I would like to prop then, like more normal props and slop stuff. Um, I want to prop fall television. Uh, I think there's three things I want to hit on that. So this may become three separate discussions. The first one, Gotham. Oh, uh, I'm slapping that. Really? See, I've only seen the first episode. I hated it. But as far as a like TV Gotham show pilot goes, it was about as good as I could hope for, I thought. I thought it was atrocious. Did Kyle? Oh, wait. No, right. You're just getting married. Um... Yeah, I thought it was every cliche in the book, and everything was like, hey, guess what? This is going to become a Batman thing at every given moment. Yeah, like, you know, I didn't mind, you know, like a lot of those cameos and whatnot, because, I, I mean, I am a huge comic fan. I think the listeners know by now, and I didn't feel like they were beating me over the head with it. Like, they threw the nods out there real quick, and if you knew who the character was, you're like, oh, cool. And then they just kept moving, and, you know, I, I was okay with that. Have you read Gotham Central yet? Uh, no, I have not. I need to. Do that. <laughs> Alright, what else? Um, okay, uh, another one is going to be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I watched the premiere of Season 2, and I think it looks tentatively like this season is going to keep the stronger uh, you know, just pacing and characterization that the latter half of the first season had. Um... You know, throwing in these, like, B and C-list characters from the Marvel Universe more, like, giving us the Absorbing Man, who's a recognizable, if not important, name, right in the first episode, doing as good a job with his special effects as I could expect out of, you know, ABC TV, um, and whatnot. I dug it. Sky's still bland, but, oh, holy crap, Fitz. That was, that was heartbreaking. Yeah. I have I've stopped watching like six episodes in because I have this rule where like if something video game TV show wastes six hours of my time right. before getting interesting, I'm now mad at it. But I think yeah. I'll start watching again for I mean, season two. That, that's the, the problem is that they just blew so much time. The entire first half of the first season is a waste. Watch like the last six episodes and that is actually good. Like watch like two or three episodes before the Winter Soldier tie-in, and then the rest of the season after that, and you're good. 
eh, I'll get to it. I really just hate when things blow like six hours of my time before they get good. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that makes me like perennially angry. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure why I stuck it out, but I do now feel like it was worth it to have stuck it out. Third TV show? Yeah, the last one is Sleepy Hollow. I've seen the first couple episodes of season two. I have to admit, the first episode didn't just, like, hook me the way season one did. Um, it seemed, I don't know, just kind of bland. It didn't really have that mysterious mythos going on. But the second episode picked up on that. Uh, we've got this weird vibe with Ben Franklin being kind of like an early American Frankenstein, so we wound up with, I guess, a Franklinstein's monster? I don't know. And and somehow we've wound up with a headed horseman as well as a headless. Uh, it just it picked up the pace uh, in an interesting way, I thought. So it, it, it may smooth things out. Since we're propping TV, I'm going to prop Mulaney. I've mentioned before, fantastic comedian. I've heard the show starts off a bit uneven, but it's only uneven for about two episodes before it gets really good. But the premiere is Sunday at 9.30 on Fox, so everyone should be hearing this before then, hopefully. So Sunday at 9.30, Fox, Mulaney, give it a shot. Cool. DVR it, at least, so it sticks around long enough to get brilliant. And I want to prop, um, I prop Sentinels last week. I'm totally propping it again for two reasons. First, my wife is incredible. They have a bunch of promo cards that are really expensive, but she's got really nice paper at work and a color printer. So we printed all the promo cards that are like out of print, out of stock, and sell for literally hundreds of dollars. Wow, so I've now I guess got I've never sorts. looked into them before. They're awesome. There's like a Cosmic Omnitron. There's um, all sorts of alternate heroes. And just changing the power on the base card of a hero changes the way they play completely. Oh, yeah, totally. Going from um, regular legacy to the greatest legacy yep. is such a difference. Well, and um, Young Legacy is just a damage dealer, so it yeah. just continues to get weird, but in the best way possible. Yeah. Like, um, way more Night- interesting than the base Legacy. Yeah. Nightmist has become my favorite character, by the way. I don't know if you remember who that one is. Who? She's the girl with the white hair who, like, draws a million cards by damaging herself. Uh, okay, okay. One of the, one of the later fans, and she's phenomenally funny. Yeah, I, I feel like I should first remember... Time. I ended up I end up with like a ridiculous stack of cards every time and as we all know from Thrones draw wins games. And like by the end of the game she's practically unhurtable. I'm just healing like a monster, I'm dealing out ridiculous damage. Um and the other reason I really want to prop the game is something else I've propped earlier. There's a character in the game called the Argent Adept. He plays a bunch of instruments. He's got red hair. So I was reading up on him and he's actually inspired by uh, Kavoth from the King Killer Chronicles, and since that's two things I propped, I thought that was extra cool. Yeah, that's totally awesome. So, those are my props. Cool, Kyle. You got anything else to wrap us up? Is he here? I'm not sure. Nope, he's not. We lost him at some point. I like that he didn't even bother posting anything. He was like, "Hey, screw it." <laughs> yep. All right. Oh well. well Want to try screaming Danger Zone horribly? <laughs> sure. All right, listeners, make sure you uh, give us all the good feedbacks on the episode. Uh, keep testing out two wings, one word. I promise I'll try to remember to actually post the revised deck list this time. Uh, Aaron was kind enough to point out I skipped it last week. 
So uh, get a hold of us, and we'll see you in the Danger Well, there's a picture of Janet Jackson with her boob, hands on her boobs. I don't think that's Dennis Rodman. Yeah, maybe not. Because it's it's a Rolling Stone cover. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm now like semi obsessed with figuring this out. Yeah, I can't believe that it's not just like within the first page of Google results. You know? Yeah, it's pretty terrible. <laughs>